0: Welcome back to the Red Letter Disciple. It's another episode that we hope is going to challenge you to be a greater disciple no matter where you are. Today's is specifically designed for church leaders and pastors. We're going to talk about how to make disciples at your church. The mission of this podcast is just that, helping each and every one of us be great disciples and a lot of us, well, we become great disciples through our churches. And so today we are flipping the mic. That's right, Chris Johnson is interviewing me. I've been working behind the scenes on an online course that is literally launching this week. And so you're gonna hear me talk more today about what we're calling the Disciple Making Playbook. In the Disciple Making Playbook, this, this online course, it's meant to help you create a Jesus-centered discipleship plan that everybody in your church can get excited about. It's gonna help you develop discipleship targets that you. Can Measure. It'll maximize what you're already doing to grow your church and elevate both the quality and quantity of disciples at your church. And finally, it'll give you the confidence to communicate the plan and the strategy. How's all that sound? I hope awesome. Course enrollment is open this week only at disciplemakingplaybook.com. Go to disciplemakingplaybook.com. And hey, course enrollment is this week only. So if you're listening later than when this is going out, we'll be doing some new course enrollments in the future. And so you can put your name in the wait list. But you can find that at our sponsor today, disciplemakingplaybook at Playbook.com. So, with all that said, hey, if this podcast is helpful for you, will you rate and review? And will you subscribe and follow so we can keep doing more episodes like this? So, in just a minute, the co host of mine, Chris Johnson, is going to welcome you to the show, and I'll be the guest. I hope you enjoy it. It's a crazy new episode of Red Letter Disciple. Let's do this.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the most electrifying episode of Red Letter Disciple that we have ever seen. You might be asking yourself, where's Zach Zender? Look around. He's nowhere to be found. This is episode 39 in what's going to be the most compelling episode in four seasons. You see, Chris Johnson, that's me interviews the former world record holder for the longest speech zach zender let's hear it for zach zender get in here zach zender's life mission is to challenge all people to be greater followers of jesus stop me if i'm incorrect he is the host co host The co-host of the podcast Red Letter Disciple. That's what this is. Ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Indonesia, you have, because we're number 21 right now in Indonesia, rocking the Far East markets. I think that was Malaysia, by the way. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's why you're the host. Uh, He is the author of the best-selling Red Letter Challenge. Zach currently serves as a teaching pastor. What's that mean? That means I get the opportunity to preach and to teach, but I don't do much else. So you don't have to like run budgets and stuff like that. You just get to come on, cherry pick, give your best messages once every three months. I'm not going to answer that. All right.
0: Take a fifth on that. Uh, I I think I'm a valuable, uh I hope, Uh I'm a valuable, you know, pastor to King of Kings. What do do they pay you for that?
1: Uh, He is the teaching pastor at the very, very, very cool King of Kings Church in Omaha, Nebraska, that his own poppy founded. Mm. Uh, All of this has helped Zach become a thought leader in the discipleship, discipleship space. And so today... You're going to see all this come together. And quite honestly, one of my good, good friends, somebody who has helped me a great deal as I've planted our very own church in uh, Lake Mary, Florida, his passion, if you ask him, is to help church leaders. And he's done that on many late night phone calls with me. Uh, today's conversation really directed toward pastors yeah. and church leaders. And we're going to help you guys. Thank you. That is real Corinthian velvet. Uh, we are going to help you raise up great disciples at your church. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you. My good friend and the catalyst here at Red Letter mm. Living. Section. You learned
0: that word catalyst from few, uh, a, a guest this season, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, he was using things like catalyze. <laughs> I didn't understand. Like, is that chasing a cow? I'm not yeah, sure exactly. Um so let me just break it down, because we were talking about this before yeah. the podcast. Um, I think discipleship is tough, honestly, mm-hmm. Like because I've always considered myself, and I told you this, an evangelist. If I can get somebody to come to an event, if I can get right. somebody to come to church, I feel like my job is done as an evangelist, right, to a certain degree. Uh, but that's not the case with discipleship. Discipleship is something that like never ends until... The end, right? <laughs> like, and it just feels so daunting and, and so intimidating. Why are you so passionate about something that many church leaders, if they're being honest, uh, would even proclaim is a very difficult topic?
0: I, I think it's difficult, like you said, because there is no real end. It's just a journey, right? And and we can we can get better, we can improve, we can be greater. And that's what this whole podcast and really a lot of the stuff we do at Red Letter Living is all about is to try to bring that out of people because God's put that inside of us. But like, it's hard to know. And at least, you know, when I was going through, you know, life and then university and seminary where I was learning how to be a pastor, Mm. I, I didn't really hear a lot of concrete help for, how do you actually know if, like, we know it's important to be disciples, but how do you actually know if you're successful or not?
1: Well, and it, I went to the same seminary that you went <laughs> right. to and, and it was just like, no, you just go to church. Well, And, you know, and, like, and
0: yeah, not to knock on our se- seminary. Because no, it's every, great. Like, it's just hard to know, like how to be effective. right? And, and, and so what I really feel, so I, I've had a few things in life that I, I wouldn't say God spoke to me, but I just, there have been a few things that have been so so impressed on my heart that I can't let go of and so like one of them was as a high schooler like I really felt like God called me to be in full-time ministry Mm. and and another one for me was in the second year of leading a new church in Florida called the cross this idea that discipleship Yes, it's always a journey and there's never an end, but it's not as complicated as we've made it out to be. Hmm. And, and so this idea was to, to do what Jesus said to do for 40 days. And so we did this at our church before it became Red Letter Challenge. It was called the Do What He Said Challenge, oh, which yeah. sounds very law-based, Right. right. but it, it was trying to mobilize an entire group of people to do what Jesus asked, called, commanded, and the simple thing that I felt like God impressed upon my heart was this. The best way to follow Jesus is to follow Jesus. That's it. And for whatever reason, I felt like he put that on me. Again, impressed it on my heart that he was giving me that idea to steward. Mm-hmm in this generation for whatever it looked like. So you say,
1: yeah, it makes sense. But you say the best way to follow Jesus is to follow Jesus. Like that seems very simplistic. What do you mean?
0: That's it. That's That's all I mean is like, we don't need, we don't need new disciple making efforts. Okay. It's not an intelligence problem that we have. There's Mm -hmm. never been more information on how to follow Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think more confusion practically day to day to day. What does that look like? And so that's where I'm trying to come in with an answer is like, Jesus came and lived in this world. So he is our savior um, and and he's also our Lord. Praise God. He's both of those things, but he's also our model, our teacher, our example. And so I don't need to look anywhere else for how to be a disciple of Jesus. I just got to look at what he said and just Hmm. do what he said. Like that's at the end of the day, whether I'm an effective disciple or not. And, and what I love about our theology, and many as well, is like when I fail at being a great disciple or living up to that, there's grace to welcome me back. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is fueled and compelled by God's love and God's grace. And it's his love and his grace that compels me to want to be the greatest disciple I can be. And the only way I know for how I'm effective or not is if I'm actually doing what Jesus calls me to do.
1: Okay. Okay. So if you're doing what Jesus has called you to do, um, do, it's like, yeah, break that down simplistically. Give me some, some things that Jesus has told us to do.
0: Yeah. And really this is the Genesis behind red letter challenge is like, okay, well, if I'm going to do what Jesus called me to do, I need to know what did he call me to do. Right. And so where do I look for that? I look for that in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. Uh, Primarily, and in those four gospels, you'll notice a color (laughs) that's red every time the word the time Jesus speaks. Unless you
1: have a very discounted Bible,
0: yeah. Unless there's some other things going on that we don't know about, right? And, And and that's in most Bibles where the words of Jesus are in red letters. And so for me, it was then looking at all that he said, and specific emphasis on like the commands or the imperatives in 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 the text. And, and for me, when I just kind of read all of them and jotted all of them down, there were five, I felt like targets that jumped off the page. to okay, me. Okay. Okay. It's not everything. It's not an exhaustive list, but my simple brain can handle five. Okay. And so these five for me were being, so it all starts about relationship before he ever asks us to do anything. He invites us into a relationship with him, uh, forgiving mm-hmm. that, that that's huge. He, yeah. He calls yeah. us to not to, to, to receive his grace, but also to give it away serving so that and that's the there's a natural progression on these two like the more i'm with god in relationship with him the more i understand his grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. the more i understand his grace and forgiveness not only to give that away to others but i also like i want to i want to go out there and again compelled by that grace change the world Mm -hmm. i want to use the gifts and talents and so then next is serving and and so i'm using my gifts my talents my unique abilities and then not just those but like the resources god gives to me and that that's where giving comes in that's the the fourth target and giving is really the one that he, frequency-wise, talks about the most. Talks
1: about talks money over like, yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, money
0: and greed and possessions. Right. And so there's a lot of that. And then finally, um, my hope is, at least through the words of Jesus, he, he, that that all of this boils out down to I can then be an evangelist. I can then be a person who goes and speaks and shares my story, my testimony. I can be a witness in fact, if you look at all four of the gospels, we typically think of only the Great Commission in Matthew 28, but all four of them, plus the few red letters in Acts 1, have a going, a sending that's taking place. So the last one is going? Last one's going. Yep. So okay. being, forgiving, serving, giving, going. And again, peeling back, like, how will I know if I'm an effective disciple? Uh, my thing is. If, if you don't have targets that you're shooting for, you may not ever know. Mm-hmm. And so I at least want to simplify things and again, say this is an exhaustive list. I'm not saying it's a perfect list, mm-hmm. but hey, it's Jesus-centered because it came directly from his right, mouth. And right. so I know I'm not wrong in that. Right, by right. the way, the overall idea of like going back to Jesus to hearing and doing what he said, that that's a stolen idea from Jesus sure, in sure. the Sermon on the Mount. And right. so, and so I feel like it's pretty grounded. And actually what we've seen is in the materials we create and these five targets, it, it, it's it's really hard to argue against this premise. Sure,
1: sure. I, it yeah. doesn't matter what denomination. If you're a disciple or a Christian yeah, exactly. or a pastor, it's like, do you ah. think? Do you think, Zach, let me ask you a serious yeah. question here. Do you think that um, most church leaders, when they come out with a big thing like this, they always use alliteration? Do you think you it, failed because you didn't alliterate these five goals? Oh, that's a good question
0: because I love alliteration right. and acronym. And I think I've used it in, <laughs> we've, written, we've written four books now, if you count the one coming out in uh-huh. Serving Challenge this fall. And all, the other three have either an alliteration or acronym. Yeah, this I'm one just didn't. wondering so, if, if you feel... did it. I fail the Lord, and that I don't know. Okay,
1: all right. So uh, out of those, so yeah. you, obviously you took these five yeah. targets from Scripture, right? Yep. But let's have a candid conversation. Out of those five targets, which one, as a disciple of Jesus, do you struggle with the most? Mm,
0: yeah, that's good.
1: I I, I think not the, struggle, but what's the no, hardest? Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, yeah, like, I think for me. Because you have a hard time forgiving me a lot. <laughs> uh,
0: others would say that I've done very well at <laughs> you know, still having you in my life after all the things. Okay, that okay
1: that's on fair. Me. That's, a, that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah,
0: so it's a great question. And I actually think it's really important to look at the five and to realize where you are on these. So right. I, I would say the spectrums for me are the ones that I have the opportunity to struggle with the most, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being. Um, is the first one because just I'm, like being
1: I'm, in His presence. Yeah, because you're a, very. Active. I'm, I'm a doer. Yeah. I'd right, rather. Right. I don't
0: need to sit and read this. Let's go do something. Right. And and so the the problem with that is if I'm not being, if I'm not in a relationship with God, like the the motivation can get wrong. Right. The, and right. I don't know if I'd have the endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, going would be another one, and I think that's somewhat conditional for me because I'm I'm actually usually not afraid to share my story and to talk about Jesus. Um, but specifically with non-christians and the reason why this one's tough for mm. me is because if i'm not intentional about actually being in a relationship with someone who doesn't know christ right i just get in this christian bubble yeah, where easy. everybody i mm-hmm. know I, already knows jesus cuz right. i work in the church i do this right. and like so i'm totally comfortable talking to other christians about jesus mm. and sharing my mm. story and i'm actually uncomfortable doing that with those who don't know him i just without intentionality I'm not in those relationships I got you so so, so I go back and forth on the going one so
1: what on about what about the one that just comes the most naturally to you I
0: yeah uh, forgiving or giving one okay of those, forgiving or giving would be would be the, the one yeah and, and and what's cool is the giving piece for me hasn't always been that way I mm. think like you know, part of my story is e- even in seminary, which is like the—I'm ashamed of myself of do, for doing this at that time. Of like the, the first financial freedom I had, because I, I was running an online business selling selling stuff, um, golf equipment online to make my way through seminary, and, and did very, very well at least comparatively to most seminarians. Right. And I, I feel like, and again, it's a, maybe not much to a lot of people, but like the very first financial freedom I had, I gambled it away. And that was while I was at seminary. And so like, ah. And so what's neat though is
1: like literally?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I struggled okay. with with that as okay. a, a little piece of my story for several months uh-huh. at least. And thankfully it it didn't go too far time-wise. And it was an opportune time to kind of flip from that. But what's right. neat is like that was a struggle but now it's actually a spiritual gift like not only am I strong in it like when I take a spiritual gift test like generosity like comes mm. up to the top and Wow. so
1: it's pretty cool to see that Do you think that phase actually helped develop the the generosity like sure. once you came yeah. out of it Uh yeah that's interesting I I've said this a million times a lot of times our struggles like God you it doesn't create that struggle right but yep. then he makes it Mhm So you can like minister to other people and navigate. I think of how
0: many guests we've had on this podcast that like, my goodness, right. That, that it's the one uh, that we had, you know, the week prior Mm. with Davey Blackburn. It's like sometimes God, yeah, it's not that he causes it, but man, he can use that and he can use all of our past weaknesses and they can become great strengths of ours that are actually in our hands to help bring freedom to others in the future, which is pretty cool.
1: We were driving here today and we went by Omaha steaks and Good. I constantly try to get you to stop at Omaha Steaks, and you won't. But uh, that reminded me of something else you brought up. You brought up the other day uh, that the church can learn a lot from the famous hot dog eater, Kobayashi. Or who's that other dude? No, let's go Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah. Explain. All right, You have they, to explain. That makes, context, makes no sense.
0: I know. I got to give you a little context, right. right? And so uh, what Kobayashi did mm. was he completely redefined the hot dog eating competitive world how so let me tell you this so yeah yeah, you mentioned uh, he's not the guy today he's not joey chestnut Chestnut, that's who i was the man in that guy's crazy he's won seven in a row right he's like the tiger woods of hot dogs yeah more than 15 in fact last year i don't know if you saw this footage there was a pro guy ran meeting. up there. Yeah. He yeah. walked a protester ran up during the 10 minute yeah. hot dog eating contest. Mm, didn't and face chestnut it. like choke slammed the guy. Right. Right. And still won by 15 hot dogs. Yeah. So chestnut has the world record, 75 hot dogs in, in 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah,
1: 21,000. I, I saw by our by producer way. cam do 67. <laughs> That's amazing. Which was amazing. He and put down so, 67.
0: But before there was chestnut, there was Kobayashi. Oh, okay, and I think Chestnut owes a lot of his success to a guy named Kob- Kobayashi. Explain. So the there are two authors. They wrote a book called "Think Like a Freak," mm-hmm. and they detail Kobayashi's story pretty well. <laughs> and and what Kobayashi did, um, they dive into his story. But what you find is that he came out of nowhere. So the the hot dog eating contest started in 1916. Really? Yeah. The so Nathan's hot dog. Nathan's and Coney Island. Fourth July. Yep. Okay. And so, for 85 years, from 86 to 2001, which was when Kobe burst onto the scene, the record for hot dogs was 25 by Kazatoyo, the rabbit of all was it Uh, an actual rabbit no it was a person so Kazatoyo was there and this was the first year that kobayashi out of nowhere nobody knew who he was right 23 year old skinny five eight baby face who's this punk yeah Yeah. even even one of them mocked like your leg my you know your legs are thinner than my arms like who is this guy oh boy and so in his very first attempt Mm -hmm. kobayashi broke the world record which is insane And you would expect like a record that had taken 85 years to build to 25 would go to like 27 or 28 or maybe 30 would be a 20% improvement. But instead, Chris, it went from 25 to 50
1: like that. He doubled the world record. So basically he ate a hot dog every two minutes. No, not every two minutes. It's only 10 minutes. So, oh my
0: gosh. He's eating Wait, five. He's eating five hot dogs. Eating seven and a half in a minute these days.
1: So five hot dogs so in a minute.
0: Here's how he did it, though. Oh this man, is, this is where I find the story fascinating. Where okay. we're going to get the truth that comes from it mm-hmm. is he try he he redefined the problem by asking the best first question. What was it? Because for decades, everybody was like, how do I eat more hot dogs? How do I eat more hot dogs? Uh, Yeah, He redefined the question just a little bit, but it made all the difference. How do I make hot dogs easier to eat? Okay. Okay. And so by changing the question, he then was allowed to experiment different ways. And so Kobayashi was the first one to not eat the hot dog and the bun together. Okay, He was the first one to break the hot dog in half, which is funnily known as the King Solomon method.
1: Wise. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Cut okay Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So
0: uh, for, and then the first to soak the the buns in water, which soggy buns don't taste good, but they go down quicker and provided the hidden benefit of, of the hydration. And he did a lot of other things. So do you think that's cheating? Do you think no, that's cheating? It's not, but you know, what's funny hmm. is they thought he cheated because, um, they thought that, uh, there's conspiracy. Like, how do you do this? Like yeah. maybe he's got, you know, quelled his stomach or get you know, right. some, that's the, what I do. The Japanese government, maybe they thought, because this is on our, our soil and our right. independence. Day, yeah. There were some that thought the Japanese oh. government put a second esophagus or stomach mm-hmm. inside of Kobayashi. None of that was true. Mm. It's because he, he thought about it in a new way and tried new things. And because of that, uh, like what he did now, chestnuts doing all of those things right. And, right. and, and all the competitive eaters are doing what Kobayashi the did. Dump. And so Kobe, chestnuts looking at kobayashi saying he was great right i want to do what he i'm going to do it i'm, I'm going to do what he yeah, did better. and that's exactly what we need yeah. to be doing with discipleship okay is we don't need to look anywhere we gotta, else we dunk our the greatest dogs. of all time is jesus and so we're going to look to him mm. and do what he did but it starts by asking the right first question and so again mm. for me the first question when it comes to what we're trying to do in the disciple making playbook which is help pastors and church leaders create a Jesus-centered disciple-making strategy at their church, the right question is not, which I think is where a lot of churches go, how do we make more disciples? The right question is simply this. Are you committed to really following Jesus? Because hmm. that's it. Again, but we don't need to reinvent a disciple-making strategy. Right. We just need to go back to the original disciple maker, Jesus himself, and say, he was great. He called us to these things. So are we really committed to doing what Jesus called us to do?
1: Okay. Does that makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Uh, and also Jesus did some tricks with food too. So uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's maybe uh, where
0: him and Kobayashi have even more together. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean, he didn't dunk his bread before, but you know, you get it. Uh, so tell me about
0: the... But did he dip the wine in the bread, like the intinction style? Maybe. I don't, We don't know. Huh. I don't know.
1: He could have. He could have. It made it easier to go down, like the <laughs> hot dog. Um, tell me about the disciple making playbook, Zach. We, uh, yeah. been. I know you're very, very excited. You put a lot of time into this. Yeah. And again, discipling, uh, discipleship is to some pastors. A lot of pastors. Yep. No offense, but we they're they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my sermon. Um, I'm gonna do. Um, hospital visits, those kind of things, but discipleship is, you know, happens in small groups and I'm kind of going to be hands off of that. Mm -hmm. That's the opinion of some people. So tell me more about what you've been working on for all these months.
0: Yeah. So obviously creating Red Letter Challenge and being able to help churches go through it, we've helped more than a thousand churches. And so over the last decade, you know, really being in this discipleship space and fleshing it out more, what I really hope the disciple making playbook is, is, is it's the first sort of, premier product that is designed specifically for pastors and church leaders. Mm. And so the, the real specifics, it's 10, what we think are, uh, really power packed, highly practical, Jesus centered video modules, Mm. um, that, that will come with an application guide that goes with it and a ton of other free things along the way too, that, that we really believe is going to help a, a pastor, or church leaders develop a Jesus-centered, unique disciple-making strategy at their church. Because Chris, a lot of the problems is people know discipleship is important, but they don't. They don't have the strategy. They don't have the plan. And and so some of you might be asking, "Well, why do we even need this? If you just told us, like, we don't need a new plan. Right. Um, we just got to follow Jesus." And I totally agree with that. But but where people and pastors need help today is it's really helping understand what makes their church unique and 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 what is it about Jesus that we can and and we ought to share with our church as we invite them into the plan or the mm. strategy and truthfully like Jesus lived 2000 years ago right and and times have changed mm. and so like how do we still incorporate the things that Jesus incorporated and called us to in a world that looks very different from that world yeah and so it's uh, the disciple making playbook is an attempt to to in a simple to understand, hopefully fun, uh, you know way. I uh, tell the Kobayashi story in a little more detail in the course, and hopefully in a really fun way to help churches really think about how are we making disciples? Is our church really committed to following Jesus? And how are we going to help them in that process?
1: Yeah. So you said, obviously, Jesus was around uh, 2,000 years ago. The world yep. has changed a lot. I mean, back then, Twitter was just getting started. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. and, and so you you also were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the main problem in Western Christianity. Can you kind yeah. of go on uh, what you were saying? to me earlier yeah
0: and it's it's exactly you know i, I think that over the last yeah. and we, we jump into these conversations a lot on the podcast but in yeah. in the 20th century or especially the last three four decades i think the american western church north american church has gotten really good at getting people to say yes yeah i believe in jesus and, hallelujah and, yeah that, that's good that should be celebrated yeah. right yeah. that's the grace that he's given to us that ought to then compel us into a life of discipleship but it so doesn't always. It doesn't, and right. that's what we see. Barna, who's the top research company in our nation, usually when it comes to Christianity, uh, th- th- they're they're saying now that it's believe it or not, still more than sixty some percent. I think sixty three percent of people still believe in Jesus as their savior in America. They're identifying that, but then Barna says less than twenty percent of those that say that are practicing Christians, and hmm. so here's how I summarize the problem in one sentence, we've created a nation of believers, but very few followers. Right. And so the problem is discipleship. And so if the problem is discipleship, like we've got to do something. And that's what this course is an attempt to say. I'm not against getting people to believe in Jesus. Keep doing that. But let's then on the backside of that really form a church uh, what, that will hopefully elevate both the quality and the quantity of disciples or Christians at your church.
1: So, if let's say, like, who is this? The disciple making playbook yeah. is it designed for a pastor to watch with, like, his small group leaders, or is it designed yeah. for the pastor? And then ultimately, part two of this question, like, what do? What is the dream after somebody completes this course? Yeah, yeah like, great question. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's definitely designed for a pastor or a church leader, or even better would be like an entire. Uh, church leadership staff or team cool. or maybe board okay. of directors depending on how right. churches are structured right. so uh, awesome to have one person go through it better to have two or three even best probably to have i don't know a team of eight to ten or so again depending a little bit on church size and things like that uh, but but yeah so the goal is to help all of who, whoever it is at a church mm-hmm. um to 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 see the importance of discipleship um what, what we've gotten wrong asking the right question Identifying what needs to be in our disciple making playbook, Mm -hmm. and then um, you know part of it too is like we are doing a lot already at our churches, and so how do we maximize and leverage the things we're already doing? Right. How how do we do discipleship in a digital age? We'll we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. in one of the ten sessions, and and then finally at the end, what we want to do—the last session—is all about communicating the vision. So my hope, this is the you know the goal of the course, is that you would go through something like this and again ideally likely with some key team members of yours and at the end of it you would have developed a jesus centered disciple making playbook that everybody in your church can get excited about mm. so we're trying to create a discipleship strategy plan we call it playbook so that at the end of it like you've got something to present to your church i see that that everybody in your church is going to be a part of
1: and it doesn't matter like like New, new believer Correct. 30 year old believer yep. things like that okay
0: so one of the sessions
1: chris talks about
0: what i think is the one thing missing from most well some churches don't have one but when they do have one here's what i think th- the one thing that is missing from most disciple making playbooks and i've touched it on already and it's measurable targets okay right we, we talked about that from the mouth of jesus sure. these are the five i located And so what I say in the course and what I say now and and all the time is like, if you've got a disciple making strategy and a plan that's working, keep going, right? If you don't try these five targets or if you don't like these five targets, that's fine. But make sure you choose targets that are Jesus centered, simple to understand. And then finally, the big one measurable Mm. that you are committing to measure over the long term. So the, the targets, if you will, Chris, are the outcomes of the disciple making playbook. Like these are the things that we hope come from it. So, so you'll come up with a plan for your church. And a part of that is developing and discerning what are the targets that our church is committed to measuring over the long term. And I'll even talk about how to measure those targets inside the course.
1: Like a tape measure, <laughs> maybe abacus. Maybe. It may be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do most of my, I I'm still concerned that there's going to be a great, uh, electronical, uh, you know, a breakdown. Yeah. So I do all my computing on an abacus. Wow. Yeah. Um, Elect- so- electronical. Is that a word? <laughs> Electronically <laughs> is a word. Maybe it is. Cam's saying yes. And I <laughs> trust him dearly. <laughs> uh, and so. You told the story, uh, Matthew uh, Emmons. Emmons, that's right. Have you and, heard me share that one before? No, I have not. But you briefly said it, and I said, yeah. "Zip your lip." Let's do it for the <laughs> podcast. Uh, so and, tell it here.
0: Yeah, and that comes back to the targets. So it's another uh, kind of illustration or story to to um, bring the truth to what I just mentioned. So Matthew Emmons was a an Olympian. Right. Uh, he was in the 2004 Athens Olympics, and he was the greatest sharpshooter. Oh, I was in that one. Ever to live, yeah. ever to live. And so uh, the in that. Those Olympic games, the answer uh, or the question wasn't like, who's going to win gold? Everybody knew Matthew Emmons was going to win gold. It was right. like, who's going to win silver. And mm-hmm. so sure enough, he gets to the atic Athens Olympic games. He crushes it. He's way ahead of the competition and he gets down to his final shot. And I think technically he needed a 7.3 to win. And he'd not gotten worse than like a nine five or something in the previous nine shots. Mm. And so he's, he's getting ready to fire his last shot way ahead of the pack. And the greatest sharpshooter ever to live, you know, he stills his breathing because rifle sharpshooters like they try to fire in between their beats mm-hmm, per minute or whatever, mm-hmm. and so that's you got, you got to learn that. Breathes, calms, fires, and sure enough, bullseye. Right? I mean, what else would you expect from yeah, the sharpshooter? Yeah, I mean, the world's
1: greatest sharpshooter. And
0: it was a bullseye. Problem. Wrong target. He 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 cross-fired, and so.
1: Oh no! Really?
0: Yeah, he he legitimately did, and he he hit bullseye in the target next to his lane it's like it's like when we bowl and like we skip the lane over i've actually done we get a strike in the other lane it's cool but it It still counts right and sure enough he got a zero finished eighth place oh my goodness and and so here's the the truth but but hold on hold
1: on i i honestly feel like it's harder to get a strike in an opposing lane (laughs) i agree but it still means nothing okay all right all right
0: and it meant nothing for emmons he didn't get a gold medal he dropped to eighth and so the point is you can literally be the greatest sharpshooter in the history of the world, which mm-hmm. he was up to that point. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what you're aiming at or you're aiming at the wrong targets, it's going to have devastating consequences. Wow. And that's where I think the Christian church has gotten is we're either a not aiming yeah. at anything. And, right. and, and that's where this conf- really confusing representation of Jesus comes from, or we're aiming at targets that are actually taking us into places and, 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 uh,
1: where we don't want to be okay know, right? so talk about one of those targets yeah. that a church aims for that sometimes is completely off the mark oh totally and
0: and and this was stuff i read from in my seminary days uh david Kinneman, mm, mm-hmm, his book mm-hmm. unchristian right which really is is i would say the the basis for a lot of what red letter living not just the Discipleship playbook but this whole ministry is all about because in there they were asking people impressions of Jesus, mm. which were mostly favorable. And mm-hmm. then they would ask non-Christians impressions of Christians, mm. which are supposed to be followers of Jesus. And, and and so the number one words that came up from that study, which some of you pastors, church leaders have heard maybe a hundred times, judgmental, mm. uh, hypocritical, uh, anti-gay, old-fashioned, too political, insensitive, boring, out of touch. And like just all of these words that I'm like, seriously you don't want those on a christmas card no it's like that that's not the jesus i know when i think of jesus i think of of grace and we're known for judgment right which by definition is the polar opposite grace is a free gift you don't deserve and judgment is getting exactly what you do deserve Mm -hmm. jesus is known for good good works we're known for hypocrisy jesus is known for unity we're known for division like we're not missing the mark by a little bit we're way off Yeah and and that's this whole red letter ministry and that's where i think churches can do really well at if we do nothing else we've got to come up with helping our people see what are the things we ought to aim for? Yeah. And again, that's where I came up with those five targets and challenged people and pastors to come up with their own targets if they don't want to use those five.
1: So you use that word a lot. Like Which on one, every, targets? No, 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 a challenge. You use yep. that word all the time. You use it on every book that yep. you produce is challenge, challenge, yep. challenge. And I've known you for, shoot, 15 years. Um, like you are a competitive person, right? Like you, you, you mm-hmm. are. Uh, I mean, I've played, you are as well. I am, but I played ping pong with you, and you are uber competitive. I don't think I've ever beat you in a game of ping pong. I don't think you've ever beat me in a real ever. athletic event. I don't um, think you've
0: ever admitted that before. I take yeah, that's the, good.
1: like basketball, I think I'm eighty-seven oh. and zero against you. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the the point is, talk. Why are you so focused on the idea of challenge? Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So in, in the disciple making playbook, we talk about the five targets or however many targets, but those are the outcomes Mm -hmm. that we want. So, so what then is the system? What are the, the things we're going to do that's going to get us to those outcomes? So in the course, I talk about these, uh, four critical ingredients of, of discipleship. So the ingredients are going to help us to get to the outcomes. And so one of those four, um, is the word challenge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a big word for me because, um, well, maybe it's somewhat personal. Like I'm an Enneagram eight, so I'm, I'm just kind of wired to be the person that, uh, Enneagram eight is the challenger. And so like, I have that inside of me, but also I've seen it in my own life that my faith has grown the most and I have become a better disciple. Um, when I have challenged myself or when life just presents challenges to me. Okay. And so sometimes that does happen where life just comes on you and it's yeah. like oh, I never saw this coming. Right. Good or bad. And right. like it's something I've got to overcome. It's something I've got to go up against. And and then there are other times when in my life at least I've chosen like my faith is a little stale. I need mm. to do something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it crazily is about every three years in my life that there's like, I just should, I should do something. I should try to preach for 60 hours. That was one of them. So yeah, like in yeah. 2010, 11, it was planting a church right. that that I'd had such a comfortable life up to that point. And like, I had a faith, but like, I never felt like my faith was on the line. And by planting a new church in Florida in 2010, 11 were the years that that opened that grew my faith so much more what 20 just
1: planting a church i see what you're and saying all that goes yeah. into that yeah like god,
0: i have no idea i was going to go i don't know what right. i'm doing I'm
1: i mean you are literally god. relying on god <laughs> That's
0: the years oh, i met you yeah and so like you know all
1: that i remember you being really thankful for meeting me
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah that was 2010 11 2014 I, I broke the longest speech record and like that was a, a challenge for me that was a stretch and it like it it, it it did so many good things in the community, said, and to the church, but like it did something great in me. Well, I
1: just remember what was it? Fifty nine hours? So Fifty three? Fifty three hours. I remember like I was there for probably twenty of those yeah. hours, right? And I remember like your last thirty minutes, and <laughs> and you talking about your grandpa, and yeah. and then you like walking to your car, and you literally look like somebody from The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know if I was ever gonna see you again. It that was, was just so it was a challenge.
0: <laughs> and i had no idea i was like let's just do this and see what happens and it like cool we, we did it we broke a record we raised a ton of money and it got a lot of notoriety and i was yeah. like that
1: was awesome you raised a lot of money for helping uh uh helping hand or hand in hand, hand. Yeah. hand i'm sorry uh who's still to this They're day great killing it like yeah. and and, and they just so you, if you've never heard the story before uh, and I'm tooting Zach's horn but uh, but God like inspired him because he had this gentleman named Dave Douglas yeah. who we had on a previous yep. podcast go listen to it we'll put that in the show it's notes. so good uh, I mean he had he was a mail carrier right he was a, a mail carrier <laughs> and he just had this passion that he wanted to help people in addiction And Zach gets this insane idea that he's going to preach for 53 hours and they're going to raise money. He raises over six figures for this. It gets started. And Dave Douglas still to this day is running hand in hand and they're doing amazing. Like if you ever have a thought that like, man, we should try something like this. Uh, I mean, go for it would be the, the thing. Like, I mean, that when you came to me and said, we're going to do this, like I can't stay up past 1am. Like, and Zach had all these nurses and nutritionists and they're feeding him like <laughs> coffee and all this different thing Gatorade, take this. And it was like, that was so cool, man.
0: It was cool. And, and, and yeah, we raised more than hundred grand, which got them to open their first home, and and yeah, to hear Dave. Oh, now they,
1: Dave, said he wants you to do another one, that they could use <laughs> some more cash. I don't know
0: about that. Okay, but now they they've got four homes helping fifty men, women, and children. It's like awesome, and and maybe it would be there in some other way, but like to know I was a small part of that, but also, it 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 helped me see that God is on my side. Right. And it's when we step out into our outside of our comfort zones, we get to experience the Holy Spirit. And and then for the next thing, that gives us
1: confidence to go even more. I like that you preached from Genesis to Revelation and yeah. you preached for literally three days. And then like two days later you had to preach. Like- <laughs> like hey guys uh just go but no, i don't know if it was I 2 think days I took later the next did you take off. the next sunday yeah. off like what else do you have to say after that's that that's
0: what i said the next sunday that i did preach i was like i I feel like I gave you all my best yeah, material. Yeah. Just go back and watch else. the fifty-three hours. <laughs> you got a lot to learn. Exactly.
1: To. So I've had a question that I've wanted to ask you and I've I've held this for a while. Uh-oh. Like when, when COVID came yeah. along, right? And I, I know we haven't completely, but we're back to kind of yeah. where we were, right? And people, church. Um, the pastors were doing a lot of stuff online, mm-hmm. right? I know you guys were producing all kinds of videos yep. at King of Kings and and things like that, and we were producing videos. But the number one question that I had, and I planted a new church six weeks ago, Resurrection Church in Sanford, Florida. Go check it out if you're there. Um, I planted a new church and we intentionally have not streamed Mm -hmm. any services because I want people the first couple of months to come check it out. Right. And I get it. We're going to have to do it eventually. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. You know, I'm a video guy. I want to do that. But my question is, Zach, do you think that you – Can actually accomplish discipleship via online, Mm, Uh, or does or does discipleship need to be because it's a lifelong process? Does it need to be face to face in person? Can a church actually disciple virtually? Yeah. So my yeah,
0: it's a very good big question. It is, Uh, and I I know
1: it's not going to be a simple answer. Well, I
0: think the answer is yes. Okay, but it's different. Okay. And so, you know, I have my my hunches and my biases. I mm-hmm. I would prefer that discipleship would be would be in person, mm-hmm. um, but discipleship digitally definitely is happening, can happen, and will happen. And and there are there are some relationships that that start online or digitally, and mm-hmm. then they will become a physical like
1: oh like the, your like your uh, marriage to Allison uh no that started in person oh it actually. did start yeah. in person but,
0: okay. but that happens all the time i mean dating app, dating apps and websites like mm. and not just that but meet up you know you, you you join through these things or you get on a facebook group and right. and things happen and that, so there are many relationships that do that but there are some relationships that are all online all the time and that's all they'll ever be and and that's okay mm-hmm. it's just different mm-hmm. and and these relationships are already happening and so for me when it comes to discipleship can someone be discipled digitally yes um, can they be discipled in person? Yes. They're just different from one another I and see. they can help one another. And
1: so you can't do it the same way. You can't do it the same way
0: in some ways. Okay. And so here, here's what we yeah. teach in the, in the making Yeah. Playbook. Just give me
1: the whole thing. Is, so I don't have to order the product <laughs>
0: is, is we teach this, that, uh, I, I teach that the same ingredient, like you don't need two discipleship plans. I'll just say that you need one. One that's big enough to encompass what you're doing in person and digitally. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the same ingredients and it's the same targets. So it's the same uh, systems that that you're putting in place. And it's the same targets that you're trying or outcomes that you're trying, but it's different in how you achieve them. Okay. Right? Okay. And so relationships is one of those ingredients that I, I, isn't super important and that we talk about. And 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 so relationships, they're there is in person relationships there are digital relationships they are both valid they are different from one another mm-hmm. and so it's it's not necessarily saying i've got to do these seven things digitally and these seven in person it's no i'm going to stick to this and i'm going to see that here's the 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 power of this in person and the power of this online. Here's the weaknesses of this in person. Here's the weaknesses of this online. And we're going to figure out for our church, what's best in that. And for each church, that's, that's going to be a little different. I do believe that, you know, the answer for digital in the future for most churches is not less. It's going to be more like digital's not going away. It's just, it's disrupted. What do you mean not, what do you mean more? You know, I, we we have to, uh, and this is more of a collective yeah, thing yeah, yeah, than yeah. than maybe an individual church because I think each church has to find what what works for are them. Are you
1: saying produce more content? Yeah, that, we have
0: to be. Like uh-huh. this is where people are today. Okay, um, they are are there digitally, and and so if we're going to learn how to disciple people, right? It, real discipleship is not going to happen primarily from one and a half hours on in a month, right? Which is the average. You know, person comes once. To twice a month, right? So we have to figure out how to get this. Okay, so let
1: me ask you another follow up. Um, does discipleship happen in a Sunday morning service? Totally. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that's a big like thing for me is uh, I really <laughs> there are a couple things that pastors say that bother me. Uh huh. Um. One is that uh, you know relationships don't happen in rows; they happen in circles. Mm. which what they're meaning by that is is or discipleship doesn't happen in rows it happens in circles what they mean by that is small groups are important because that's what happens in circles and Mm -hmm. i totally agree with that but why are we devaluing then the very thing that many of our churches are spending so much time emphasis money staff which is the weekend service the rows? do you think it's devaluing it if you say discipleship doesn't happen in rows, it happens in circles. Uh-huh. That to me feels like you're so devaluing the thing that I, you're likely spending can, the most time on. Can I on.
1: tell you what I said last Sunday? Yep. And you're probably going to chastise me. This I'm dead serious, yeah. okay? I, I hear it all the time. I said, um, because I was pushing out our new small group program, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, the church is one of the few places that you can still come and get the gifts of God. Yeah. You can get his word yeah. in a tangible way. You can get, and our belief is that God is present yep. in communion. So you get forgiveness totally. yeah. um, and you get adopted into the family through baptism. I said, there's a lot of great places in this yep. world, golf clubs, yep, all these different places where we long for community. But this is one of the last bastions mm-hmm. on earth where we get those things. And I, then I said, but I believe that, Deep discipleship happens yeah. in small groups. Yep. And so I think it's imperative that we get into that community and allow the Holy Spirit sure. to f- develop a deeper discipleship there. I have no, no qualms with that, Chris. All right. To me,
0: to me the answer is both. Yeah, we, we need the community and the presence. I'm just glad the that you don't have any
1: qualms.
0: <laughs> we need all of that from the Sunday experience, and we also need small groups. So uh-huh. we need them both. To me, it's like... I'm not. I don't want to devalue or diminish what we're doing. Yeah. I want to say what we're doing is important on all those levels. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I mentioned the one thing. I, the other thing I don't like that pastors will often say is, "Well, transfer. You know, transformation doesn't come through information. It comes through relationship." And I'm like, "It does mm. come through relationship, but it also comes through information, which is the preaching of the word." It's right. The, I mean, it's, it's faith it's, comes from hearing. Yes. It absolutely. Yeah. And so all of my my thing is not. These are bad. These are no, it's like we need all of that, but we need to figure it out in a way that makes sense for our people.
1: That makes sense. What, um, what, can you give me an idea on in your personal life what brings you the most qualms?
0: <laughs> all right, uh, maybe, maybe when we do podcasts <laughs> in the days you stay with
1: me. House. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love staying at Zach's house because that when I get there, his wife. You must travel a lot because there's always in the shower, like all the little hotel shampoos, <laughs> nice. and I get to, I get to pick oh, what hotel go. shampoo I want. So today I went uh, 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 Vidal Sassoon. Oh, wow. It was a nice, uh, it was just great. I really love it. It's
0: good. And you were telling me about the apricot face. scrub. So
1: here's, well. here's a dead serious thing. <laughs> I get in there and I'm not the kind of guy that uses a scrub on my <laughs> face very much, but I, Allison had put in yeah. my shower, a really high end apricot scrub. <laughs> And I, I got to be honest with you, I said, I'm going to check this out. Maybe I need to be apricot scrubbing, yeah, you know? I, and so I put it on my face, I scrubbed, and then you must have some kind of water softener in your house because it felt like I could not. After five mm. minutes of scrubbing, I still felt like I had the soap <laughs> on my face. I get out of the shower, I dry off, I look in the mirror, my face looks beet red, like and then I come downstairs and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I'm having. So I text my wife unbeknownst to you. And I said, I, I used an apricot scrub and my face is bright red. And Jen, cause you, you dummy, you're not supposed to like, you're going to be on camera. Don't use new products. Anyway. Oh. All right. Sorry. We can cut that. We no, can that's cut that. Great. I'm just saying, but it's, it had like some pumice in it or something. I don't know. Hmm. Um, all right. So we've been chatting here for a few minutes, and the next question I had written down, you already kind of I, I, walked me through what church leaders and pastors can expect. But we've already talked about that. How can someone, they've, they've listened to our 45 minutes here, yeah. and they say, all right, Zach, uh, I want to check it out. Yep. Like, is there... Is there like a sample or something that can download, or it, it, like how does it work?
0: Yeah, we have a three-part video series we've been giving out um, that people can can see, and that uh, they can find that at redletterchallenge slash masterclass.
1: Whoa, masterclass! Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I good. can I can I make some masterclasses? Yeah, you,
0: you can call it anything you want. No,
1: no, no. On the red letter uh, label, I don't know. We'll talk. Let we'll me talk. like I'll do uh, barbecuing for disciples. There you go. Yeah.
0: I like that. All right. So so they can get that, obviously. And uh, but but this week is the week we are actually going live. With the full course, the disciple making playbook. And and we have that website, disciplemakingplaybook.com. That's where they're gonna find all the information about the online course and how to get in. So here's here's the situation is we are opening enrollment, but we're doing it very short. Period of time. So it's only open this week. And so if you're w- listening to this not live, um, you know, you can still go to Disciple Playbook.com, put in your information, and join the wait list for when we open the course because we're doing something special with this release. Mm. And the thing we're doing is we don't just want to uh, unleash these videos, but we also want to walk alongside of the pastors and church leaders. And so we're given a great price, which they can find that on, on Disciple Making Playbook.com, but we're also offering uh, 10 weeks. So every other week. So it'd be five coaching calls that I'll be leading and I'll actually be bringing in some guest experts to help us as well. Because we, we really want this to be something that can be a win for you. So think right. of it as a course. Like you have videos, there's ap- an application guide that have some leading questions that we think you and your church staff would have a really fun and necessary time going through. And then we're going to come every two weeks and talk about the things we've learned, that go through the questions, and, and dive even deeper. And our real hope and our real goal is that at the end of it, like, It's ready to go. You've got a plan that that you are ready to present to however you present it at your church um, to the people to get maximum buy-in. And here's why I know this is important, Chris. Mm. Lifeway did a study last year, 2022, and they asked pastors what was the skill that they both know they need to and are willing to invest in. And number one on that list. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Um. All right, let me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be serious. Let me see. uh Well, it would make sense to like growing disciples. That's it.
0: Yeah, disciple making. Sixty three percent and fifty five percent.
1: Fifty five percent was uh, they
0: could click a few, but fifty five percent was technology.
1: I was so going to say technology. Think
0: about that though. Like sixty most, and, and I think that's good. I yeah. think that that people are at least they're aware. That, exactly. Something's got to change. Like all uh, the graphs, all the charts. All the trends are are going in the wrong direction, right? And and Sam Gibson was preaching on on revival once, and he quoted Barna that that typically when they're looking at charts like this, th- this we are in an irreversible decline, mm. which is really depressing. Yeah, but we have God on our side, and so they said there's two things that need to happen to change all these downward trends. Mm. Two things: one is a move of God, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. we can't do that. I think we can make room for God to move, but we can't make God move. And number two, Barna said, was an intentional movement of discipleship. Okay, that's cool. And so pastors know that something's got to change. They know they need help. Um, They said they're willing to invest in it. And so my piece is great. We've been doing this for 10 years. And I think we've got really great content that we've been developing that can really help be an ally to you and your church that in the end is going to produce greater disciples of Jesus. And it's going to be awesome to walk alongside of you. And so I hope, I hope everybody that church leaders give
1: them the website again, give them the disciple
0: making playbook.com. You can see it all there. Uh, You can preview uh, the course as well. And don't
1: forget to use the promo code. Chris Johnson is my favorite for 3% off. Uh, did we not do that? Uh, yeah, maybe scratch that. Or or hashtag more cam uh, for <laughs> one uh, percent off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you Actually, if it? you if you put that in, we're going to charge you ten percent more. But, that's but just...
0: this is the time to get in. I don't know that we're going to be doing the live coaching to go alongside of it. I'll do it. Um, outside of this particular offering and so if someone wants to get in not only they're going to get the the videos the application guide a bunch of freebies to go with it but they're going to get 10 weeks of coaching to go alongside of them and so if you're on the fence like this is the time let's do it
1: yeah come on seriously get off the fence i want to help churches make it, Do people still sit on the fence i don't it's know it's uncomfortable Why yeah would i mean do, do get off yeah yeah i mean the yeah all right zach yeah. um I've been doing this now for 39 episodes, yeah, and baby. I don't know if you've heard one of my podcasts. But at the end of every podcast, uh, I ask our guests uh, to challenge our listeners okay. and if there's one thing that they could do practically yep. this week to challenge themselves. Zachary Zender, what's your middle name? Andrew. Zachary A. Zender mm. to be greater disciples. What would the challenge?
0: That's good. So this would be for church. Well,
1: I've asked it 39 times. Yeah, and
0: yeah, there you go. This would be for church leaders and individuals. Okay.
1: Uh, Do you have a two-part challenge? No, just Uh, one.
0: Commit to measuring targets, discipleship targets. So identify (sighs) and measure the targets. Again, whether you like the five we use or not, it mm. doesn't matter to me as much, but just are are you committed to truly following Jesus? Mm. If you are, you'll have targets that you can commit to measure. Right. And So let's identify and commit to doing that. Right.
1: right. Okay. So That's if, it. if you uh, participate in this challenge, what yeah. I need you to do is to go to. Why don't you well, they them? can hashtag Red Letter
0: Disciple on any of the socials. That'd be amazing. And hey, I'd love to know what are what are the targets you're going for.
1: Right. So we can cheer you on and. Did yeah. you see that today? On uh you posted something on Red Letter Leaders. Okay. And you posted, I don't know if you did or somebody on your team did. What is the number one like how Measurement can for health? Health. Yeah. Did you health. see what I posted? I, I posted I, did you I, see I posted, what I posted? Yeah. I didn't yet, no. The cost of communion wine. I, I just feel like <laughs> if you have an expensive communion wine, like you're obviously doing pretty well. Huh. But if you're using Manchevitz, like maybe things are going south. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The
0: old Concord, great man of
1: Chevy. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Zachary. What you got? This is the time where we come together and we really learn a little bit more about you. You uh, have been in ministry for a long time. You are turning 40 years old. This week. This week. You're 40 July years old. 3. I mean, honestly, what, what do you have left? 20, 25 years I, I, 10 years. I don't, know. I don't know either. Like God's gonna call old, you at some I'm point. Old. But let's just say your best years are probably behind you at this point. So oh, thanks. Uh let's do this. Um, we are going to. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm just joking. I'm trying to banter here. Um, next week is episode 40. Yes. You are turning 40 this yes. week, my young friends. Yes. You write 40-day 40 40, challenges. 40, 40, 40. I thought to myself, why don't we give Zachary A. Zender, a game show segment about the number 40 in scripture. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Here we go. Wow. We are going to ask you, Zach, I have plucked 16 questions. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. We might not get through all of them. (laughs) Uh, The average score taken by pastors around the country, I found a pastor-only website, is 53%. Wow. That's ho- okay, awful. So that's awful. That just tells me that's awful. All right. Okay. So here we go. Uh, blank fell for 40 days, 40 nights during the flood. Is it manna, rain, Israelites, or hail?
0: Fell for the during the flood?
1: Nope. Fell for 40 days and 40 nights during the flood. Genesis 7 4. W- uh, water, rain. Is that what you that, said? Uh, Rain. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on oh man i yes uh, <laughs> i think um okay it wouldn't be man on that hold was... on i know i i might have hold on i gotta reset this okay reset oh my goodness all right i gotta play quiz i see okay it is rain okay yes blank explored the land of israel for 40 days was it uh, jacobites spies midians or prostitutes spies that's right Next, the Hebrew people lived in the blank desert for 40 years. Um, the Mojave, Sinai, Arizonian desert. Sinai. Sinai, my bad. Yes, that's correct. You are three for three. Crushing it. Blank, Blank's life is divided into three 40-year segments, separated by his growing to adulthood, fleeing from Egypt, and his return. Moses. Yes, come on. That's simple. Easy. All right. All right. Several blank leaders and kings are said to have ruled for 40 years. That is a generation, including Eli, Saul, David, and Solomon. Would it be Jewish, Christian, Muslim, or Hindi? Several blank leaders and kings. Would it be what? Jewish, Christian, what? Jewish, Christian, Hindi. Jewish. Yeah, of course. This is really, I should have previewed this. Uh, Goliath challenged the Israelites twice a day for 40 days before. David. Come on. What is this? Kindergarten? How did pastors only get 50? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't pastors. Maybe it was third graders. Moses spent three (laughs) consecutive periods of 40 days, 40 nights on Mount Sinai. Come on. I'm not even going to give you the multiple choices. A blank consists of 40 S-E apostrophe A-H-C-A, approximately 200 gallons of water. A blank consists of approximately 200 gallons of water. Is it a coin, pence, cypress, or mikvah? That's going to get you. That's going to get you. You're not going to get this. Mikva. Mikva. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're right. 40 lashes is one of the punishments uh, doled out by the blank, though in actual practice, only 39 lashes were administered. Was it the Sadducees, Pharisees, Temple, or Sanhedrin? 40 lashes is one of the. Uh, I
0: mean, it came from the Romans, um, uh, but I think it was the Pharisees that would, have okay. Done it? Oh, is it it's the Sanhedrin. 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 <laughs> you missed yeah, it. Are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> One of the prerequisites for a man to study blank is that he's 40 years old. Is it the Quran, the Kabbalah, the Torah, or the Levitical priest textbook? That's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. What's the prerequisite?
0: The, uh, the Quran. No, it's got to be Torah.
1: Kabbalah. That's awful. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop. This is a stupid <laughs> quiz. I'm embarrassed by myself. Oh. Zach, we've learned a lot today. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing to help other churches. Uh, really, I know this is a labor of love. I know that yeah. you spend a lot of time and and dead serious. I was just talking about you the other day. Of all my friends, you are like the most driven and most focused. You are hyper-focused on uh, creating content for pastors to make the tough job of discipleship a little bit easier. And so behalf on the behalf of many, many pastors around the country, thank you. Keep Thanks getting it that. done. Um, God bless you. And I know we joke a lot, but i the most respect in the world for you. Love you, dude. Awesome. All right. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it for another uh, podcast. As always, you know what you could do to help this man on his 40th birthday? Oh, yeah. We you, this is what you should do. You could uh, send me a monetary cash amount (laughs) that that. I will
0: get to me. I can tell you that much.
1: A portion will. (laughs) But if you don't want to do that, I get it. I get it. Um, Times are tight. Gas is expensive. Um, This is what you can do. You can go to iTunes and rate us five stars. If you don't think we're five stars, then don't rate us. That's just (laughs) ridiculous. Uh, But rate us five stars. Put a little comment in. Here's the thing. We have been seeing, and this is no joke, all around the world, we are getting some traction in different countries. And Zach and I will call each other and text each other and say, why are we 78th in Australia? It doesn't make any sense. But that's because you guys have been sharing this. And we're so thankful. We want to bring you more seasons of this. And it only happens if people listen uh, and we're not talking to each other. So thankfully, that's not been the case. So Please uh, share it with a friend, share it, um, go online, uh, download it, subscribe to us. As Zach says, smash that subscribe button. And uh, thank you so much. And God bless you guys. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Red Letter Disciple.
0: Well, I hope that was helpful for pastors and church leaders. And I want to be more helpful. So... Uh, Thanks again to our sponsor Red Letter Living and for my team that's really helped me go all in to create the Disciple Making Playbook. It is an online course with 10 power packed video modules that has so many free things along with it. And if you sign up now, as you heard in the podcast, we've actually got an online coaching that'll be going on for the 10 weeks. And so this added bonus is awesome and we want you in. So go to disciplemakingplaybook.com, get in today, like this week, is it and then we're going to close enrollment and of course there'll be future times as well but we'd love to have you and really help your church create greater disciples hey if you missed anything you can go to our show notes at redletterpodcast.com you can find links there you can find the link for our sponsor and you can find links for a lot of the things we mentioned in today's show so with all of that next week i'm really excited to bring a guest onto the show he came out with a new book His name is Sam Black, and he came out with the book, The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It. Sam's been working with Covenant Eyes for almost two decades, and he's got not only his own story to tell, but he's got a background in this. And truly, I think it's one of the most helpful podcast episodes we've ever recorded to date because pornography is a major struggle. Many are stuck, but thank God we don't have to be stuck. God has freedom for us. So make sure you don't miss that the way you don't miss it. Follow and subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, and then it'll automatically pop up next week. I don't know what that sound was, but hey, I'll be seeing you next week. God bless you. Ahura Media Production.